Good afternoon. This is a Tomorrow Christian Today about to read. Drum roll, please. Leviticus chapter 1. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. This is why my friend and I were joking around. Leviticus is pretty detailed, pretty boring. I don't think you should say God's word is boring. And that's why I was seeking out somebody on YouTube. And I found David Pawson. And man, that dude was so interesting to listen to. God answers prayers. I'm not David Pawson. Neither am I Mark Driscoll. I'm the Tomorrow Christian Today. And I'm a really simple dude. What you see is what you get. This is Sparta. We go hard. And we go clean. And we go now. We're working out in the gym, my friend. I'm the, I'm the rabbit. I'm not... I'm not the rabbit, I lied. I lied. I'm actually, I'm actually the turtle. Constant and consistent, a plotter. I go to the gym, I try to load up my muscles with carbs. And yes, I've discovered Gatorade. Man, that stuff tastes good when it's hot, but it's got a lot of sugar in there. And you drink that stuff, you load up into your muscles. You want your muscles to be full of glycogen when you step into that gym. So when you squeeze your muscles against the weight, you get a pump. The more glycogen and the more water you have in your muscles, when you squeeze your muscles really hard against the weight, it's gonna cut off the blood supply for a bit and momentarily you will feel a pump, but that's feedback and it feels pretty darn good. It feels like your muscle is expanding. Why are people eating so much protein? Okay, I understand you need some animal protein to facilitate the entrance of the glucose into the muscle. To, to form and you need those enzymes that are made of some protein to form glycogen chains and you need those enzymes to you know admit the water into the muscle so that the water can bind to the glycogen chains since the since water is a polar molecule and you need a little bit of protein to help refresh the insulin receptors on your body you need that but your muscle is primarily 80 percent water and you got to have that water in the muscle fiber ready to go that's the test you got to prepare for the test. And if you squeeze your muscle really, really hard and you're super sore, you might actually cause growth in the actual tissue itself. I mean, you get a pump, but it's temporal. Your muscles feel back to normal in two hours. But if you get that, that serious, then yes, you're going to eat protein, carbs, and fats. And speaking of fats, yes, I'm eating peanut butter. I was never a fan of peanut butter. I don't have an allergy. But why? Peanut butter is fats. Fats do not release insulin but you eat that sort of stuff and okay, you might get a little bit fatter, but you know what the body says, hey, this guy's giving us an alternative fuel source, fats. So the carbohydrates that he's eating, we don't want to burn that, we want to store it. Do people understand this? Muscle building, building muscle to look buff, so you can look like Big Arnold. That is a carbohydrate storing activity. You're going to burn carbs when you squeeze your muscle, but to, to have muscles that are buff and bulgy, you want to store it. Muscle is not just tissue, it's a living bag of sugar and water, honey. You want to store it so your muscles, so the bags hold as much sugar and water as they can. And if they can, your muscles will bulge and you'll feel that. And if you're very fat, then maybe you won't see all the little veins. But if you can keep your muscles bulgy, and the fat and, and your body tissue fat as low as possible, then the muscle starts to, it starts to bulge. And as it does, you can see the little veins and it looks polished and cool. 
but because you see when you eat carbs and you do need carbs don't get me wrong but i i am a fast oxidizer i need more fats because you do eat carbs carbs release insulin insulin pushes the glucose into the muscle yay but carbohydrates release insulin insulin is the second most anabolic hormone it suppresses fat metabolism you're switching your body over from um to burn glucose primarily and if you're a fast oxidizer it's not a good deal for you that's why i'm eating fats i want the body to shift back to fat metabolism it's not going to go there entirely but it's going to eat fats when you eat fats it's going to say oh we got to burn the fats this is diesel this is the this is the diesel supply leave the gasoline alone and let him store the gasoline i.e the carbohydrates but the thing is if you have a low fat metabolism how, how are you going to do this you want to have the highest fat metabolism and the lowest carbohydrate metabolism but when you're a fast oxidizer it's the opposite way well that's why i drink lemons and apple cider vinegar and cayenne pepper and a little bit of cinnamon and and i put a little bit of that in the drink and put some warm water in there and it's a horrible drink but it really doesn't make me sick it doesn't really give me heartburn and that cayenne pepper and the chili peppers, a little bit of chili peppers in there. It's a horrible drink. But I want to stimulate the fat metabolism. I want to stimulate the, the diesel machinery to burn the fats and leave the carbohydrates alone. See, I'm not just another pretty face. I do have a brain and I'm pretty humble in my humble opinion. Okay, did I pray? I can't remember. Let me pray because I totally too lazy to turn this off and do it again dear lord we're about to read leviticus my memory is really bad i need more fish oils help us to have fun but help us to re revere and be sanctified by your word you are a great god a holy god even the angels cannot look at you lord so we're about to read leviticus i don't know how to do this lord it's a lot of detail i'm not as smart as the people who wrote this and i'm certainly not the smartest the sharpest tool in the shed Lord, I need your Holy Spirit, and I need, I need him now. I beg and plead in the name of Christ our King, the one who gives the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for him. Amen. It says, Procedures for the Burnt Offering. The Lord called to Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects. Huh. Jesus is the lamb without blemish, right? Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. Jesus never sinned. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. This thing is definitely a symbol of Jesus people who wrote this they can't see that jesus is like the the reality so if a symbol is a type jesus is the anti-type he's the reality of what this represents how come people don't want to see they don't want to see this do they understand this this is this is all teaching here this leviticus one you know david poston said this is the only book that god says you must be holy for i am holy god is not interested in you being good or excellent he wants you to be holy that's a different kettle of fish altogether, my friends. And that holiness is only achievable by God in you. The slaughter 
Then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will present the animal's blood by splattering it against all the sides of the altar that stands at the entrance to the tabernacle. Then skin the animal, cut into pieces. Okay, I guess the animal activists would be freaking out right now, and maybe the vegetarians. I'm, I'm not really making fun of you, but like you kind of read this and you go, man, this is like over the top. Like, what are we trying to do? Like, Lord. I don't want to question you, but I'm sorry, I have to wonder, why do we have to do it like this? Is it the continual teaching of this? Is that what God is trying to do? I think so. Is it that it's so horrible? Like, how do you do this to an animal? You know, I had to kill my betta fish. You know, he, he couldn't eat anymore, and I had to get some, put him in water, and I put some of that um, aromatic oil. What was that stuff? I have it right here. I had to put some drops of clove in there. I felt really, really bad. He, he didn't eat for 19 days, right? He was my fish. He's just a fish. I know he's just a fish. You know, he's not a dog, not a cat. He's not a human. He's just a fish. I still felt bad. I had to euthanize him. Like you have to kill an animal every time you sin. Is that a detriment? Is that a deterrent to like, dad, can we not sin this week? Because I don't want to kill, you know, I don't want to kill an animal. I don't want to kill a cow. Maybe maybe a kid said that to his dad. Because I'm sure that kids in Israel probably talk to their parents like, Dad, why do we have to do this? Mommy, why do we have to kill these animals? I mean, I was a kid and I just, I wouldn't shut up. <laughs> I mean, people would say, he doesn't talk to my parents. And they'd say, oh, he's very shy. But my mother and father got peppered by all the, my stupid questions. I'm not the brightest guy in the world. I certainly wasn't the brightest kid in the world. I wasn't a precocious child. But I peppered my parents with lots of questions that I didn't understand because I don't understand anything. Mom, why do we go to church on Saturday and the other people go to church on Sunday? Why do they have a Sunday school? Why do we have a Sabbath school? Mom, are we there yet? <laughs> why do we have to drive in there? Can dad put on the air conditioner? Air conditioning? Hey, mom, can, you, can we lock the doors? I, I just don't feel safe with us driving with the doors not locked. In those days, you didn't have the door opener. I had to reach up push the lock on my parents' uh, door, and then my door, and then I had to tell my brother to, to, to push the lock down on his door, and then, and then push the lock down on my dad's uh, car door. And of course, my brother didn't listen to me, even at that age. <laughs> so I had to do it myself. So basically, I took it upon myself to protect our entire family by making sure the doors were all locked. So if we got into an accident, at least the doors were locked and they wouldn't swing out and expel us out into the road. And in those days, nobody wore seatbelts. Okay, seatbelt? What's a seatbelt? There was no laws for seatbelts, okay? If we did get into an accident, we'd have all flown through the windshield or whatever it was. It was craziness. Of course, my dad drove a Delta 88 Oldsmobile. Have you ever seen that thing? I'm not a car guy. That thing was like a tank. That thing stretched out and that was a chrome bumper. Okay, that could probably annihilate some of the tanks in the army. It was massively huge. So even if you did get into an accident, you'd probably have to get into a serious accident with a truck for you to get ejected out of that car. Wow, I sure got a lot of mileage out of that. The point is, is that I wonder if kids just said to their parents, hey, why do we have to kill? Because we're sinners? Well, let's not sin this week. Let's be perfect. Let's be good little boys and girls for, for God. The sons of Aaron, the priest, will build a wood fire on the altar. They will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and the fat on the wood burning on the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must be first washed with water. 
Well, it's funny the legs washed with water like Jesus washing the disciples' feet with water. This is really strange. I don't know, maybe it's just a coincidence. My friend says there's no such thing as a coincidence. My Jewish friend said that, and my friend just told me that right now. Then there the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. I'm thinking, you got to kill all these animals and all this blood. Lord, are you, are you kidding me? But you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be questioning God. And I, and I certainly don't want to do it with a cavalier way. This is what God wanted. This was the teaching. This shows that sin causes death. Sin causes relationship disconnect. And sin causes tears. Because I'm sure there was a lot of people, maybe the, maybe the women, maybe the kids, crying when you had to kill an animal. I Before I ever got fish, I tell you, my cousin... My cousin's family, they had a dog. Uh, it, was a, it was a husky dog. I forget what the name of that dog was. When that dog cried, that family went into mourning for a whole week. You didn't hear from them. You, they just went into complete mourning. They just, you know, they just went to the basement and they all cried. And I didn't have a dog or a cat. My mother didn't really want cats in the house and she didn't want dogs in the house. And, and I was wondering, what was the big deal? It's just an animal. But my cousin said that was one of the family. That was a member of our family. You know, it wasn't a dog. It was a human being that was just a dog to them. I mean, that was part, that, that was, that was, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, I got to respect that. I, I think I kind of know what you're saying. I, I know I know what I'm saying is probably a lot of speculation. It is, and nobody's ever said this before. I've never heard anybody do a sermon on Leviticus 1 where they said this about having a connection to the animal. You know, it's always been, okay, it's just a symbol of Jesus. Well, okay, but I think when you're, co when you're faced with death and you see death, whether it's the death of a, a person or the death of an, an animal, it really kind of messes you up when you have an emotional attachment you know, you have an emotional attachment to that, to that animal. And when my mother died and we were all assembled at the bed and I looked down at this person who was my mother, but she was dead. Man, it was just like, it was just surreal. It was like that movie, you know, in the movies where the guy has this massive epiphany and everything just stretches kind of behind him and then his head kind of stretches and then it comes back. You know what I mean? And even my grandfather, when I went to my grandfather's funeral in 1976, he had, he got a massive stroke on Friday and died on Saturday because I remember it was, quote, the Sabbath. And just going there and just like, okay, we're all going to file past, um, um, you know, um, the grandfather. I was going to about to say his name, but I don't think I will. And, and you all pay your respects. And I didn't know what to do. I honestly didn't. All I could do was I walked by, I was like, that's my grandfather. I was talking to him a week ago. This person here looks like him, and this is my grandfather, but he's cold. He doesn't move. I touched his, I touched his hand, right? The hand was sort of placed over the chest. It was freaking me out. And then my other grandfather died in 1978. And we also walked by the coffin, and I think... I think my dad, I don't think I did it, but I think my dad bent over and kissed his father and said goodbye. And it was like I was right behind my dad. Like I was, again, freaking out. 
And then my dad said to me afterwards, I'm so proud of you that you, that you paid your respects. My dad was like proud that I, because I'm telling you, I didn't want to do it. I was afraid. It was death. This is what this is. It's death. This is a death. It's a teaching. God is teaching these people what sin does. And he's showing them a symbol. Somebody's going to come and it's going to die for the sins. And I don't know. Um, I don't want to disrespect Judaism, but it's, I have heard, okay, this is, this is me as a Gentile hearing stuff. The Judaism doesn't seem to really get sin. It doesn't really talk about sin. Only the Christ, Christian, Christianity talks about dying for sins. And the whole concept of sinning. Everything is by good works. And that, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, if you're a Christian and you're not practicing good works through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, but the thing is, it's like sin has to be dealt with. That's what Jesus did. That, that's what Jesus did on the cross. That's what God our Father did on the cross. He covered our sins. He dealt with sin. Sin is death. Bible says those who hate me love death. That's what sin is. You love yourself, you trust yourself, you don't trust God. It's sin. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the flock, it may be either a sheep or a goat, but it must be a male with no defects. Slaughter the animal on the north side of the altar in the Lord's presence. And Aaron's sons, the priest will splatter its blood against all the altars. I think I read that. Um, the internal organs will be washed with water. Again, I read that. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So... Abraham was about to do that for Isaac, and, and I thought that Isaac was like 12 years old or something. Somebody said he was like 33 years old. He could have ran away. He willingly volunteered to be the sacrifice. Abraham raised the knife, and God sent his angel, and the angel said, Stop what you're doing. And Isaac had asked him before, Did you, where's the sacrifice, Dad? And he says, The Lord will provide. That was Abraham's answer. Maybe he, he didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know what was going to happen. He really believed he had to do this. And God provided a ram in the thicket and they, and they sacrificed that ram. God provided his only begotten son who never sinned, who never did any wrong to anybody, who did all right. So we could be all right in front of God forever. If you're not moved by that, I don't know what will move you. I don't know what will move you if you are not moved by that. If you read this and you're a little moved, but you're not, you don't think about this. I think a lot of people just don't think about this. I think if they did think about it, they would be moved. They would see Jesus so much more important than, quote, just a good teacher. He was a good teacher, but he was a holy man who died for our sins, that they might be covered by his blood. I don't even get it, and I'm trying to get it. And the little bit that I do get, it's just, I'm overwhelmed. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to God for caring that much about me and nobody. Verse 14, if you present a bird as a burnt offering uh, to the Lord, either choose either a turtle dove or a young pigeon. Isn't that a song, Christmas? Twelve turtle doves and a pigeon and a partridge in a pear tree weird how that's part of the christmas song and it's also here if the priest will take the bird to the altar it says bible here says um it's going to get mutilated and then burn it on the altar 
but first uh, the blood is taken out of the animal against the side of the altar. The priest must also remove the crop and the feathers, throw them in the ashes on the east side of the altar. Man, this is a lot of stuff. Like, how do these guys remember this? Not that you would want to remember all these details, but this is what God wanted. I guess, you know, they said that all the fake gods wanted blood, and this is the real God, and it seems like he wants blood too. It, did God want to make himself look like the other gods? Or did he use, like, is this what these people were doing in Egypt before they got out? Like they were sacrificing, make, doing sacrifice, so God says, how am I going to reach these people? I know. I'll get them to keep doing what they're doing, but they'll do it in a different way. But then I'll slowly get them over to the fact that my son is the one who is the symbol. Like, is this kind of God teaching? But you don't just give somebody the truth. You sort of try to slowly swing them from the lies that they were in. Maybe they were doing this. Maybe they had some animal sacrifices going on in Egypt before Moses ever showed up. I have no idea. Verse 17, then grasping the bird by its wings, the priest will rip the bird up. With, but without tearing it apart oh so i tried to paraphrase so well I, okay the, the priest will um open up the bird but without tearing it apart then he will burn it as a burnt offering on the wood burning on the altar it is a special gift a pleasing aroma to the lord i don't know what the young people i don't know what i don't know what the messages they were seeing with this and I first see things that are like, Lord, this is like over the top. Like, why do we have to do it this way? Why did you do it this way? But God is good. He's the holy teacher. He's the best teacher. God knows what he is doing. And I can't lean on my own understanding. I have to go, like everybody else, on faith. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you.